0: The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: If you'd like to skip the intro, please refer to the timestamp listed in the episode description. Thank you.
0: what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the true crime society podcast with stephanie and olivia it is september 14th right now um just as a note i know this has been talked about a lot but it seems like we've been getting um a lot of newer listeners which is awesome love that thank you for being here um but just so everyone knows and we're on the same page if you don't want to hear us have a little bit of chat at the start of the episode it's usually less than 10 minutes just about our lives if you don't want to get to know us or anything anything that's going on there is a timestamp in the episode description of wherever you're listening if you're on spotify you can literally just click it i think other platforms probably do that too but it'll just jump to the spot for you so just go to the episode notes scroll to the bottom and you'll see the little links and you can skip to whatever part of the episode you want
2: I feel like a lot of the new listeners are from Spotify. So, yeah, it's so easy. All you've got to literally do is click the time, like it'll say 6.05 or whatever time we start chatting, uh, start the crime content, and then it will take you straight there. And then if that we do talk about sometimes we do have cases with multiple, sorry, episodes with multiple cases. If you just... Yeah, want to hear about like for example in the last episode that we did the btk killer if you just want to hear about that you can click it and it will take you straight to that area we know everyone is time poor if you don't want to listen that is fine you know to certain parts just listen to whatever takes your interest and we try and make it as easy as possible for you guys to do that
0: and for the regular peeps who are sick of hearing this I'll make a timestamp to <laughs> fast forward this part next. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. We won't always talk about it. It's just been like a thing lately for some reason.
2: I think it's just the influx of new listeners. So hopefully this helps them.
0: Yes, because we would like to still be around in a year, Susie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, hi, peep.
0: Um, So we are both very stressed out. Well, we were <laughs> stressed you out
2: yeah (laughs) we've had A a lot of technical issues today
0: yeah we just recorded a patreon episode i hope it all comes together fine i think my internet company had like an outage so it was like half working but really slow everything was annoying we spent like an hour trying to fix it and switch computers and Olivia was going to drive 10 minutes away to her parents' house to try their computer. That's how <laughs> dedicated we are. Um, it seems like it's better now. So let's just hope for Fingers the best. Crossed. Fingers crossed um, that everything goes okay because already, it's already late here in New York. These are the problems of recording from across the world.
2: Time differences.
0: Yeah tired I was hoping I was really hoping for just like an easy chill day and it was not
2: and then this also added to it we are lucky because out of the three years that we've been recording so we've been yeah out of the three years that we've been recording we very rarely have massive issues like we've had today so hopefully it's yeah. a one-off
0: I actually have a stress ball right now that I am squeezing so I hope the microphone doesn't pick it up but I noticed I like tap shit a lot and then the microphone picks it up, and it annoys me because I have to edit it out so hopefully this will prevent me from doing that <laughs>
2: anyways what's been going on with you I can't even like not too much pretty pretty quiet week the weather here is meant to be amazing like when I say amazing I mean hot which I know is not amazing for everyone it's amazing for me they're saying that some heat that we haven't had for six years so I'm here for that and it's only early spring <laughs> But, yeah, so I'm excited. I've got a good book to start reading this weekend. I'm going to start reading Yellow Face, which I hope when I say good, I've heard it's good, so hopefully it is. If anyone else has read it, let us know on our Insta. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited for a nice, quiet, chilled weekend. What's that about? Um <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong, but I feel like the general premise is that someone steals another person's manuscript and passes it off as their own. Oh, I have heard about that. Yeah, and I think it's about like being canceled and different things like that. So I like like yeah, the person I who wrote it is dead, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah and someone I have t- heard of it. We read Verity – I've spoken about Book Club before. We read Verity in Book Club, which someone said, oh, you know, it kind of reminded me of that, which I don't know if it does because I haven't read Yellow Face yet, but um, where, you know, someone takes on someone else's work um, and passes it off as their own. So once I have read it, I'll be back with a proper review.
0: (laughs) Nice. We should start a side uh, Book Club thing because between both of us, we've probably read everything because we read different stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fun. Kelly reads a lot too, (laughs) so is my sister. What's up with you? Honestly, I don't even know anymore. Like, <laughs> I am doing swell. Um, I'm trying to adjust to life because Mike, my husband, for those who don't know, still sounds weird being like, oh, my husband. Um, his schedule <laughs> changed where now he's working nights, not like overnight, but he basically has to get home till like I go to bed. So it's been not, not hard because it hasn't been hard, but just the thought of. Making dinner for just me is such a struggle because I'm like, oh, I'll just have like a little snack or I'll just have this cheesecake dip or I'll have a candy (laughs) and then I'm good. (laughs) But I'm like, all right, I'm girl dinner. Yeah, totally girl dinner. But then I'm like, all right, I'm (laughs) in my 30s. I'm an adult. I'm getting absolutely no nutrients from any of this. Hence why I probably feel like shit all the time. I need to try a little harder. So then I make some dinners and some little things, but the serving sizes are always too big because I don't – I'm too lazy to do the math to, like, make it smaller. And then we have leftovers, but then after eating the same thing for, like, three days, I'm like, fuck this.
2: (laughs) No, no, get over it.
0: Yeah. I'm not, like, a huge leftover person. It's fine for one day or, like, one meal, but then I just don't want it anymore just trying to get used to that it's it's also nice being alone sometimes you know i, I eat more snacks without shame not that not that there's shame <laughs> not that mike shames me or anything but you know when you're just like alone and you're like ha 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 i can be do a, whatever you want i could be a total dirtbag now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah with just, no
2: one to judge you just me and the cats living our lives so, the last episode that came out was our Mackenzie Shirillo one. There's been quite an interesting discussion that I've seen online about it. Some people are saying that her sentence was way too harsh, whereas other people are like, absolutely not. She should never be out of jail. So, it's kind of interesting. It is a very polarizing case. Um, you know, some people say, you know, she was a child when it happened. She was 17. But then I guess we've also seen her kind of vindictiveness and planning of the you know situation so it's interesting how everyone has taken it very differently a lot of people had a lot of opinions about her mother as well Ugh. saying that her statement in court was disgusting and you know it was which I do it, agree it was a wild statement Yeah, but
0: I, I do get and I say this with all like the parents of murderers obviously like I get where they're coming from but this was just like Man, this was
2: crazy. This statement, and it, um, <laughs> even when the judge was like, "I've heard a lot about you and a lot about Mackenzie, but I haven't heard anything about the people who have died." So, yeah,
0: and it's funny because I actually I edited out a good chunk of what I, some of the things I said because I, I didn't think it would go over well. Not that I said anything crazy. Obviously, you, you know you were there. But I did take out some of the stuff I said about feeling like maybe she. Might not have gotten a fair trial. I did leave in where I said that she probably would have had better luck with a jury versus a bench trial. But I really thought that people would have jumped down my throat for saying, like, did she get a fair trial? Eh, I don't know. Do I think she got what she probably deserved? Yeah, but I do think it could be argued that she didn't exactly get a fair trial. Yeah, I took that out because I was so scared of being roasted and bullied, like
2: always <laughs> being bullied again. Yeah. So Damn, I mean, interesting, like interesting discussion on that one. If you want to join, there's on Patreon, and we always post it in our group Facebook groups as well. So if you want to discuss it more, you can do it there on our Instagram post too.
0: Yeah, so listen to that episode if you haven't already, and let us know what you think. Because I, I'm happy. Not happy is not the right word, but it's I'm. I don't know. It's interesting to see that other people are also like, even though she's kind of like a little bratty piece of shit, I don't know if this was correct or the right way for it to happen. Yeah. So today, if you couldn't tell by the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about some women who were murdered by strangers while they were hiking, which is very scary. Um, A stranger murder, any stranger crime is so scary because it's just like there's no why
2: yeah right the first case that we're going to describe and discuss is still unsolved but it is assumed that it was a stranger murder the other two definitely were um but yeah just they just all of them seem random by attackers who aren't known to the victims it's just crazy how quickly things can change yeah so we're gonna start out with rachel morin
0: she is one we've definitely posted about her so if you follow us you'll recognize her she's been in the news a good amount not like a major huge story but i think most people in true crime online will know the story of her
2: it's a very recent case only from last month at the time of recording so it's still ongoing yeah
0: we
3: want that person identified so we can get them off the street rachel morin's murder
1: case is front and center on sheriff jeff gaylor's desk The 37-year-old single mother was found dead last month off the Ma and Pa Trail. Her killer still on the loose. There's a threat out there. The sheriff this month warned he could kill again.
3: And if given the chance, he certainly could become a serial killer.
1: In a social media update earlier this month, Gaylor said he's concerned Morin's killer could be escalating his crimes from this home invasion and assault in Los Angeles to now a murder. What would make him different from any other killer that's on the loose? Why why was it important for you to make that comment?
3: Well, I, I think it's important because I want people to be cognizant that there's a, there's a threat out there.
1: The sheriff did not release details of Morin's death or the crime scene, but said detectives have received nearly 700 tips so far, some from outside the country.
3: Our investigators are indeed following up on every single tip.
1: He says those tips flooded in after releasing this video showing the suspect matched through DNA in L.A. earlier this year. The most important thing is to share that picture, share that video. Of the suspect. While he's asking for more tips, he says investigators are not relying on them.
3: A lot, a lot of experienced man hours are being put into this Um, technologically and scientifically. Every, every end is being followed.
0: So Rachel Morin was a 37 year old woman from Maryland. And on August 5th, 2023, around 6 p.m., she went to walk on the Ma and Pa Trail in Bel Air. Um, But she never made it home, unfortunately. Her body was found the following day. And like Olivia mentioned before, the killer is still at large. Rachel was a mother to five children. According to the family attorney named Randolph Rice, he said she was a a devoted mother. She made sure she took care of her kids. She took care of herself. She was a big part of the church. That was a big part of her life. Rachel's obituary goes into some details about her life. And it says... Rachel was passionate about her children and family more than anything, loved fashion, and was a fitness enthusiast, often participating in 5K marathons and lifting weights. So she also enjoyed traveling. She was the life of the party and had a special knack for making people laugh.
2: Rachel lived in Bel Air, and the population there is about 10,000. So Neighborhood Scout has some crime stats for Bel Air. Like It sounds like 10,000 people. You're like, okay, yeah, a nice-ish town. But according to Neighborhood Scout... It ranks 30 on the crime index, which means it's only safer than 30% of US neighbourhoods. And in terms of kind of the crime rate per 1,000 residents, violent crime is 1.96 per 1,000 people. Property crime is 14 per 1,000 people. So, you know, it seems like not, like it seems like a relatively safe place, I guess. Like it's not something, obviously you wouldn't expect anything like this to happen there, but it's, um, you know, I guess it's not immune to these things happening. So on August 1st, Rachel posted that she was in a relationship with Richard Tobin. That's just kind of included because they just because I know, you know, we are we are also the ones who are saying it's always the husband just to kind of acknowledge she was in a relationship with someone at the time. He has come up, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, essentially she wasn't single. She was in a relationship at the time that she was murdered.
0: Around 6 p.m. on August 5th, she decided to go for a hike on the Ma and Pa Trail, the trail is 6.25 is a 6.25 mile multi-purpose rail trail that follows the path of the old Ma and Pa Railroad through Harford County, Maryland, and it contains three linked trails, one unconnected with plans to bridge the gap in the middle, bringing the total length to 10 miles. So when Rachel didn't return home, Richard reported her missing at 11:23 at night. Police started the search for Rachel and they found that her car was still parked at the trailhead. And at 1.07 p.m. on August 6th, a citizen called 911 to report a female's body had been located off the trail, and it was reported that the person was obviously deceased. Usually the 911 operator is like, oh, can you like do CPR or something to help them? But I guess it was pretty clear that she was dead and that CPR would not help.
4: Visible police patrols along the popular Monpa Trail section near downtown Bel Air, where a hiker found a body believed to be 37-year-old Rachel Marin. Police say there were clear signs her death was a homicide. It has many on edge.
5: It's devastating. It's devastating. I mean, I I couldn't believe it because Bel Air, I've lived here forever. It's always been safe. I've done this trail under the tunnel and everything. That would be like the turnaround. We would walk the dogs up there and then come back. Always safe.
4: Police also gathered near an auxiliary parking lot. They're not revealing many details, but say Morin's boyfriend reported her missing after she never returned from a walk. She left around 6 p.m. Saturday. The body was found at 1 p.m. on Sunday.
3: Right now, there there's nobody that I would put and say that we have a possible, this person is a possible suspect. Zero.
0: Um, police said, while we firmly believe this is the body of Rachel Morin, that final determination, that final say belongs with the medical examiner, and that has not yet happened. Harford County Sheriff Jeff Gaylor told Fox News Digital, it was more than obviously apparent to police officers and our detectives who came up that this was not an accidental injury, somebody out exercising who'd fallen down and sustained a fatal injury. This was not something that was self-inflicted. This was the action of one or more persons who took her life in a criminal homicide." an egregious, horrific act in a very, otherwise, a very, very safe area. So it seems like she had some sort of obvious violent injury. Yeah. Rachel's family gave an update via a GoFundMe that was started to assist in the search. Rachel's sister, Rebecca, wrote, It is with devastating sadness and a broken heart that our family has been hit with yet another heartbreak. My sister, Rachel Morin, went missing on Saturday, August 5th. 2023 around 6 pm. this was not an accidental death and she did not go willingly and she deserves a funeral worthy of her beauty if there are any remaining funds they'll go towards things her five children may need 10 detectives were assigned to Rachel's case Sheriff Gaylor said that the case was a very active criminal investigation he also asked the public for information. Saying, if you think you have just the smallest tidbit of information, you saw something in this young lady's travels yesterday to the trail on the trail, investigators would like to talk to you, and so we have delphi. Delphi is technically oh, another yeah. hiking ish trail one at that time, the sheriff added, they had no suspects, and he could not def- he could not definitively say there was no further threat to the community. Wow, this is like the only time I've ever heard them say there's not. <laughs> You couldn't
2: definitively say
0: that there's no threat to the community. Otherwise,
2: every other time, they're like, it's fine, even though they don't have a suspect and don't arrest anyone for years. Like, even I think about still Maggie Long, they still haven't ar- arrested anyone for her case and they still sit in a Yeah, that's another one. That. Um, he said,
0: right now, detectives continue to work the case as aggressively as they possibly can and will leave no stone unturned. The sheriff said police were working around the clock to piece together the hours, minutes, and seconds leading up to her death. Those confirm that five people who'd been walking their dogs on the trail between 6 p.m. and 730 on the night of the murder had been questioned. Authorities increased security near the the trail following Rachel's death. Sheriff Galler said, not knowing whether this was a targeted event specific to Rachel, we're going to say, be aware. You thinking there could be somebody out here and this is a random event? In the days after Rachel's murder, hundreds of tips were called in. The sheriff said that some of these were promising and tremendous in advancing the investigation and bringing us closer to getting the answers that we need. The answers that Rachel's family needs and the answers that this community needs. The sheriff confirmed soon after the murder that police had questioned Rachel's boyfriend, Richard. He said they'd spoken with him, quote, along with many other people who are close to Rachel. That is the way an investigation is conducted. We start with people in her close inner circle and go from there. So I think this was also said in this way because obviously a couple days before she goes missing, she changed her Facebook status relationship that she was dating him. We all know the world of online internet sleuths can
2: be a little crazy. The timing is interesting. Like you do have to admit a brand new relationship. Does seem a little bit sauce, but
0: Yeah, even I was like, hmm, sketchy, but I more so meant, mm. you know, people were probably harassing him and making like yeah. a big thing of it instead of just gossiping to their friends about it privately. Um Sheriff Galler continued, he said, Together we'll solve this crime and find this heinous coward who took Rachel Warren from her family and friends. On top of the on top of the already <laughs> suspiciousness of getting in a relationship right before she uh, is murdered. So Richard does have a criminal past. He wrote on Facebook, "I love Rachel. I would never do anything to her. Let the family and I grieve. Yes, I have a past, but I have also I also have 15 months clean and have changed as a person." So looking into Richard, he has been arrested 14 times since 2014 on a variety of charges including drug dealing, assault, disorderly conduct, and refusing arrest. So that didn't help his case at all. What a way to, I mean, what a test of your sobriety. Yeah, exactly. This happening to you and probably having everyone thinking you're a murderer. For On August 8th, the sheriff spoke to the media again. He said that the killer could be someone who came to learn Rachel's routine and knew where she might be at the time, or it could be a random person. The sheriff said that Rachel led an active lifestyle and it wasn't unusual for her to be out.
3: I prefer when I can stand here and tell you that the suspect has been arrested or that it's a targeted crime. I can't tell you that in this case. Uh, we ask everyone to use good judgment on the trail, but always be aware of your surroundings. Don't set yourself a predictable routine. Walk or run with a friend or a family member, you know, buddy up. Uh, also consider wearing a whistle, carrying a whistle. If you see something that doesn't make you feel comfortable, if you feel suspicious about it, take out your phone and call 911.
0: On August 10th, Rachel's mother released a statement. Mm-hmm said, to all the mothers with daughters, to all the fathers, brothers, and sisters, husbands, to our local community, and to world onlookers. If you've experienced the loss of a dear loved one, then you know how hard it can be to express the pain that you feel in your heart. When it's sudden and tragic, your mind looks for ways to cope. As a mom, I appreciate the outpouring of love and support from family and friends, and the worldwide community that grieves with me for my young daughter. Thank you for caring, truly. Because of the tremendous outpouring of prayers, love, and concern, our family is in the process of making arrangements for a celebration of life service to which friends and the community will be invited. More details to come. And because Rachel was an avid runner, we are in the early stages of planning a 5K walk slash run in her honor, with the hope of having a trail of flowers. We are grieving. We need the time and space to grieve as a family. We have not forgotten our community. We just need time. I need time. It's only been four days since we received the horrific news. I ask that as mothers, fathers, brothers, and sisters, that you would please have compassion on us and allow us this. Thank you, Rachel's mom. Very gracious. On August 17th, police announced a big update in the case. DNA found at the scene had been analyzed, and the DNA was entered into CODIS, the combined DNA index system, where it matched evidence collected from a March home invasion in Los Angeles during which a young girl was assaulted. They had not yet identified the suspect, but they believe the figure seen on a doorbell camera footage obtained by the LAPD from the house where the alleged assault occurred is their guy. So far, he explained the DNA hadn't shown up in any other law enforcement databases from prior arrests, etc., and that they were working with experts from the FBI crime lab to further analyze the sample. So the doorbell camera footage shows a man Wearing pants, looks like I was gonna say sweatpants, but it could be jeans, so just never, never mind. Wearing pants, but no shirt. He appears to be carrying a piece of clothing. He's as he's leaving through the front door of the house. From their analysis of the video and witness observations, Colonel Davis said they're looking for a male of Hispanic descent in his early to mid twenties, height approximately five foot nine, weighing about one hundred sixty pounds. It's not even that they're bad quality; they're decent quality, but. He could look like any douchey bro.
2: Yeah, They just like when they say, well, "I don't know much." He, they haven't said much about the actual LA assault, but a young girl. So he's clearly taking his clothes off for a reason. Like I know, he's gross. A pig. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he looks like he could be anyone. Really, it's crazy when they have you have like the picture
2: of someone, but I, it still doesn't really help. I feel like there's because they've like least the. There's two photos that we're talking about now one's a photo of his back so literally just the back of his head there is a side profile one whereas i feel like if you knew him you, but you wouldn't be like you'd be like oh it does kind of resemble him but it's yeah
0: yeah you'd have to know it's very him. generic
2: he, he's got a very generic look mm-hmm. his ear might be like a little weird but it could
6: also be the ankle i don't know yeah. hard to say but if you did know him you would probably know it was him Joining me now is Colonel William Davis, the man you just saw in that uh, press conference. He's the chief deputy of Hartford County Sheriff's Office. Colonel, we were talking last night and you hinted that you were going to have some information very soon. It turned out it was within a matter of well, it was within 24 hours. So I'm, I'm really glad to have you back tonight. Thank you for doing this. Is there anything else you can tell us about the man you showed in that video?
7: Well, I mean, I don't know that you did a pretty good description of everything we're trying to get out there. Uh, especially the part where you said you know, we're, we're focusing on a lot of our deployment, trying to make people feel safe on the mom Pau Trail, because that's where this crime occurred. Uh, however, um, he was in, in March, he was in California, and in August, he was here. He could be anywhere in the country right now, and he still may be here. So we're trying to get that video out as far out as we possibly can, because we feel confident that if somebody knows him, if they're familiar with him, Even though it's just a side and a back view of him, all the things you pointed out, his gait, the way he walks, all those things, if you know him, you're going to be able to identify him. And we're hoping that somebody will give us that information. Last night when I was talking to you, we had just received that video and we were trying to work our way through it. And we were discussing it and the sheriff was adamant. He said, yeah, let's try to run down our investigation as best we can. But he was adamant. We need to get that video out as soon as possible. And then tonight was the time we were putting it out.
6: Well, I'm glad that we've got it tonight to show our viewers uh, because we are a national program. So I'm not sure if I heard you correctly. We know about Los Angeles, about the assault there. We know about Rachel Moran's assault in Maryland. Do you know of any other locations or any other crimes where CODIS may have hit a DNA profile where he has been? Or do you have any suspicions of where else he's been?
7: No, that is the only uh, locations we know for sure. But, I mean, it it, it just, it's common sense that if he did an assault like that in California, And then all the way across the country here, a few months later, he's doing another assault. I mean, chances are those aren't the only two times he was involved in an assault like that.
6: Can you tell me about the DNA that you found at Rachel Marin's uh, crime scene?
7: Um, I don't really, because as we talked about uh, the last couple of times I talked to you, um, we don't want to talk about where the evidence was recovered, what it was recovered from, because, again, the suspect knows where we got that DNA, and we wanted it to just be us and him and knows where that DNA came from until we get him in custody.
6: And I'd be remiss if I don't do my job by asking difficult questions like this next question, and that oh, is, absolutely. was Rachel sexually assaulted?
7: Yeah, again, uh, I, I appreciate it. You have to ask it. Everybody does. But as we uh, talked about, we don't want to say anything about uh, what happened at that crime scene because, again, the, the suspect knows and we know at
6: this point in time. And do you think, Colonel, that Rachel knew her killer, or do you think this was truly a random selection?
7: Uh, Through our investigation throughout last night and today, when we got that video, uh, we haven't been able to determine that she knew her. We we, we are going under the belief that it was a uh, unknown. He was unknown to her, and she was unknown to him, and it was a a random attack there on the on the trail. So we're going with that. Um, Just telling our citizens. And our community to use caution when they're out in the community, not just on the trail, as we've talked about many times. You know, uh, Make sure you have your cell phone with you, but don't be engrossed in the cell phone. If you're going to wear headphones when you're out exercising, as many people do, don't have them turned up all the way where you can't hear what's around you. And most importantly, if you see something that you think is suspicious or something just doesn't feel right to you, act on those instincts. And one, get away. And two, call 911 and let us know.
0: Colonel Davis said, we know nothing about him other than he was in LA and committed that crime in March and was here in August, and we believe him to be the murderer of Rachel Morin. Also, wait, when? It, where did this happen? Maryland?
2: Yeah. So like opposite side of the country. Yeah,
0: pretty far. Very far. Mm. On September 11th, which is 37 days after Rachel was murdered, police gave another update. They said they'd received more than 600 tips, some from other countries, including Canada, England, and Australia. The sheriff's office spokesperson, Christy Hopkins, told USA Today, we've not apprehended a suspect. And Sheriff Galler said detectives have collected and watched hours of video footage from in and around the trail where she disappeared. He also said our detectives have traveled across the country and have logged countless hours of interviews, canvassed areas related to Rachel and related to her death multiple times, searching for additional witnesses and evidence. Sheriff Gallagher has also told the media that he believes the perpetrator may be responsible for other crimes. He said, My concern is this killer is escalating. My investigators and I both firmly believe that if we do not apprehend this individual, he will kill again if he, has, if he has not done so already. This suspect poses a threat to every community in our country and maybe outside. When asked if he thought there would be more victims that ended up being linked to Rachel's killer, he said, I won't be surprised. I'll be saddened as the rest of us will but I won't be surprised if we find other victims that just haven't been linked up to Rachel's case. Criminal profiler Pat Brown also spoke to the media at this time about the case. They said, The attack on Rachel Morin that occurred while she was running on the Ma and Pa heritage trail was likely committed by an opportunistic predator who saw her that evening. This means it is likely the predator has a specific reason to be in the area of the path. He runs on it, travels on it, works near it, or is living near it. Bel Air is 40 miles north of Baltimore. You don't just roll in there on a bus for no reason. He has to know somebody that he came to stay with in Bel Air. So as of the time of recording, police have not made Rachel's cause of death public. The sheriff said, what is important here is that we work the case diligently and we share with the public that which will help us bring this person into custody. But we also have to look at putting a solid case together afterwards. Authorities don't want this, inve- this investigation jeopardized in any way. So we don't know how she was killed, how they were basically saying she must have had some gory injury. Nothing else has been elaborated on that or anything really with how she was found. Um, There's also been a $10,000 reward that's being offered for information leading to her to an arrest.
2: So I do, I do feel like we are always, you know, I'll be the first to admit we are always suspicious of the husband or partner. I do feel in this case, and I know they've said now they have DNA evidence, but I really feel like this seems like it was a random, probably a random abduction or random, sorry, murder. It could have been maybe someone that she came across, maybe like on a dating app, for example, before she was with Richard. Like, I, like I wouldn't be surprised if there was some rat, like connection like that and it wasn't, Totally 100% random, but I feel like, yeah, absolutely not partner-related. It seems like this creep who was also involved in the L.A. assault is responsible for Rachel's death.
0: Yeah, he seems pretty uh, – abrasive is probably not the right word, but if he was just willing to break into a house and assault a young girl, like we don't even know the details of that really. seems like he –
2: Brazen? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah,
0: like brazen, doesn't like care about really being careful. He just does it and somehow gets away with it.
2: I am interested to know more like LA to Maryland Then he went from assault to killing. So like once they find out who it is. And it also is interesting that there is no match to his DNA, which indicates that before these two crimes he was never caught or like I'm, you know, and I would even not – like, be interested to see if he had committed any other crimes before these two because you would think that there would be DNA at those scenes. Yeah. Um, but they've basically only linked those two together the LA assault and the Maryland crime. So um, it does seem like he's escalating if you base it off those two events.
0: Yeah, definitely. When was the, oh, it, and it was in the same, it was only a couple months apart. It's not even like he waited years to commit a, another crime.
2: Yeah. Same year. Like L.A. was... It was March. March. So March to August, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he's not even really trying to be
2: overly discreet. It seems. Yeah. Scary. So the next case is one that I did follow at the time too. It's a little bit older though, but it's about the murder of Meredith Emerson. She was 24 when she was murdered in January 2008 by Gary Hilton.
3: Meredith Emerson and her lab Ella were two days missing on Georgia's Blood Mountain and people from all over greater Atlanta were scouring the hiking trails. Maybe she'd twisted her ankle and taken a tumble.
0: We were trying to call park rangers and anybody that may have seen her.
3: The search became all the more urgent as a cold front moved in and temperatures plunged below zero. When We found a couple of water bottles, a dog leash, and a police expandable baton. Then we became concerned that Possibly a struggle took place there. Cops commandeered a park building as headquarters. We began to get uh, disturbing news of a strange-looking individual with Meredith, who also had a dog. Red flags went up. The search in the National Forest had become something more ominous than a lost hiker incident. The manhunt was on.
2: So Emerson had taken her dog Ella for a hike on New Year's Day in 2008. Just some background into her, she was born in Charleston, South Carolina. She grew up in North Carolina and Colorado. She'd earned a bachelor's degree in French with honors from the University of Georgia in 2005, where she'd also received the Cecil Wilcox Award for Excellence in French. Some media reports say that Meredith was working as a sales manager at the time of her death. What we now know happened on January 1 is that Meredith came across Gary Michael Hilton on a trail in Blood Mountain in Georgia. Gary was 61 at the time, I believe, and he used to frequent the area with his dog, Dandy. I've seen it kind of um, described as him being like a drifter. He would live in his van, just travel from, you know, place to place wherever he wanted to go. Um, That was his lifestyle. he was
0: like a weird local that a lot of people knew of because he was always kind of up to
2: weird shit. Being creepy. Yeah. So it's – and obviously what we know happened is based off Gary's – um, you know recollection so I've kind of tried to read between the lines his story was that they walked together for a short time I'm assuming he kind of followed her and was being creepy to her for a while yeah. he wasn't able to keep pace with her so he stayed behind and she went ahead as she turned to come back down the trail Gary was waiting for her with a knife he demanded that Meredith give him her ATM card she immediately went on the defensive and grabbed the knife off him she did have martial arts training and her instincts kicked in Gary later told police she wouldn't stop, she wouldn't stop fighting and yelling at the same time, so I needed to both control and silence her. He said he did that by punching her, giving her two black eyes and maybe also breaking her nose. He said that the punches broke his hand. So you can just, that's vicious to go from punch someone hard enough to break your hand is crazy. And she even had training and still didn't like stand a chance basically. So Gary said he managed to calm her down by telling her that he just wanted her card and her PIN number and that he would let her go if she gave it to him.
8: There comes a point they fight and then they submit. Right. And a lot of it is because of me. Right. Mm-hmm. I reassure them. I reassure them that it's going to be okay, but just quit fighting or you going to get hurt
2: she bought herself three days by giving Gary the wrong pin for her ATM card, telling him each time that the numbers were correct. We don't really know what happened in those three days, but I'm guessing he took her from place to place in his van, going to different ATM machines. Um, You know, I can't even imagine the terror she felt for those three days.
8: When When you're going out to kill somebody, if you're seen by a single other person on the trail, then no, that that day screwed. But when you procrastinate because you don't want to get up and kill someone and you let it go and you say, Oh, I won't kill anyone today. We'll just go hiking with my dog, and have fun. Time we're doomed anyway. And so you get down to the point where, well, like Meredith, I had forty dollars money and several days food. I was gonna to have to kill somebody in that in that period of time okay and when you get down to the bitter end you ignore all the rules you set which i did which got me caught
2: on the day that gary killed meredith he let her believe she was going to be set free he told her that she was quote going home he secured her to a tree walked back to his van to collect himself and make coffee and when he returned meredith said to him i was afraid you weren't coming back He said he walked behind her and hit her several times with the handle from a car jack. Gary also said that he couldn't bring himself to kill Ella, who was Meredith's dog. He told investigators that the whole experience was surreal. He said it was hard. You've got to remember we spent several good days together, which is disgusting. The defense attorney, Rob Rob McNeil, said he genuinely, as much as he's capable of doing so, liked Meredith. The way she fought back, I think he respected her. Gary also told Rob that he had to talk himself into killing Emerson. He said it was the only time I ever saw him demonstrate some reg- regret and that he said something I'll never forget. In retrospect, I should have just robbed a bank. <laughs> so Ella was found alive on January 4. Gary was arrested the same day. A witness at a Chevron gas station called police and said, the guy you are looking for is cleaning out his van.
9: Okay, I have that one. Well, what's the exact I, I have the, uh, the person of interest in that missing woman case. Is at this uh, Chevron gas station on Ashford Dunwoody. Chevron gas station at Ashford Dunwoody? Yeah. He said the man is there. The van is here. The dog is here, the red dog. And I saw the man's face. And I've been watching the news, and I know it's him. I know it's him. He's got a green, uh, long sleeve sweatshirt, and he's wearing a hat, and he's emptying all this stuff out of his van pillows and a blanket, and it looks like he's got a sleeping bag right now taking it all to the trash. Um, it's definitely and the dumpster is looking that around a- like he's as guilty as okay. sin. Okay, sir, and the dumpster's at the rear of the location? Yeah, the dumpster's well, it's kind of right in the front. It's right by the car okay. wash. Okay. I can go take him down if you want. Oh, oh. sir, stay right there. Okay. Okay, hold on, sir. He looks like he's finishing up. You guys gotta hurry. He's got stuff in bags that he's okay. emptied onto the ground and he's taking load by load to the dirt behind the car wash. Another, it's, this is a third backpack we've seen hit mm-hmm. to the dumpster. Oh, I'm just shaking. Do you guys, uh, is there somebody in route? Yes, there? Here we go. Here comes the cops. Yes. Yes. there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> they got him. They got him. I mean, they don't have him yet, but they're getting out. So they got him now. Here, two cruisers pulled up on him, two of the
2: cabs to The police quickly arrived on the scene and were able to stop him before he could bleach the interior of the van. Crime scene analysts obtained blood that was matched to Meredith's DNA. So the prosecutors agreed to not go for the death penalty if Gary would lead them to Meredith's remains, which he did. There's a GBI agent named Agent Cagle, who said he told her she was not buried. She was under some leaves and brush. He said he had washed her down with Clorox and water. I remember asking, was she intact? And he said she was not. So I believe that he decapitated Meredith, left her in a horrible, horrible state.
8: The body will be approximately 40 yards or 120 feet, covered by leaves and uh, brush
2: the will be missing January 30th 2008 Gary pled guilty to the murder of Meredith he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility for parole in 30 years he was later linked to and then charged with three additional murders the October 2007 murders of elderly couple John and Irene Bryant in North Carolina and the December 2007 murder of 46 year old nurse Cheryl Dunlap in Florida
4: With their investigation spilling into three states, officials from Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina are now working together to see if any links exist between murders of hikers in the last few months and the man at the center of the investigation, Gary Hilton. He's already been charged with the killing of 24-year-old Meredith Emerson in Georgia and now police confirm that Hilton is a suspect in the deaths of both an elderly couple in North Carolina and a woman in Florida. A break came in the case when this North Carolina woman's license plate was found attached to Hilton's white van at the time of his arrest.
10: I started to cry and I was like, oh my God, you know, to just know that monster
6: was that close.
4: Andrea Steinhabel says in October her car broke down near a national park in North Carolina. The same park where John and Irene Bryant were killed while hiking. She thinks Hilton must have stolen her tag. Witnesses in Florida also tell police they remember seeing Hilton near Tallahassee in December when Sunday school teacher Cheryl Dunlap's body was found, like Emerson's, decapitated.
8: We hope that
4: we will be able to obtain physical evidence that uh, we'll put him um, with our victim. Images from an ATM camera were released of a masked man using Dunlap's debit card in the days following her death. Hilton is suspected of using Emerson's bank card as well. Authorities also believe Hilton may be connected to yet another woman's disappearance in Florida back in 2005.
2: Interestingly, and I think we spoke about this in our episode. He's also been kind of linked to the murder of Judy Smith in 1997. This is because Gary had left one of his victims in a similar condition near where Judy's body was discovered. I feel like Judy's case still has a bunch of questions, like how would she get there? But, you know, I guess it's not implausible that he could have been her murderer in the end. That would be crazy. In 2011, Gary was tried for Cheryl's murder and he was sentenced to death. In 2012, he pled guilty to the kidnapping and murder of the Bryants, for which he was sentenced to life in prison. So he is an absolute rubbish human being who targeted Meredith for no other reason that she was there and it suited him to do so.
0: And he's totally just like deranged with the stuff he was saying of how he's like, oh, I liked her. I just wanted, we had some good times together and we were walking together. Like, no, you weren't. You're just a fucking creepy psychopath.
2: I was reading a 2018 article, like a 10 year anniversary article about Meredith's death and the FBI agent still or the GBA agent said that he thinks about Meredith every single day just you know the heinousness of the crime the terror she must have felt and it was prolonged like three days is a long time to have to endure that plus she would have been injured you know a broken nose everything would have been painful um it was just a horrible 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 way to die yeah So the last case we're going to speak about is another recent one from 2023. It's about Lauren Heike. She was a 29-year-old female who went hiking in Phoenix, Arizona. She had moved to the area from Kitsap in Washington, and her apartment was near the trail where she liked to hike.
10: Absolutely scary. Neighbors living in the gated community of Paradise Ridge near 66th Street and Mayo Boulevard are left on edge.
1: We've been looking the last couple of days for a, a new place to live, you know, just like... We don't want to be around here now.
5: I would say everyone's really
10: on edge, just nervous. Many say their families ride, walk, and hike these trails behind the community daily. But neighbors tell us this is where Lauren Heike was found by police Saturday morning. We spoke with a man who said that his wife actually found Lauren right here in this area. And you can actually see if you look in this bush that there's some police tape still up. That man told us his wife was out walking the dog when she found the 29-year-old. Police say she had trauma to her body and was pronounced dead on scene. But multiple sources told ABC15 she was stabbed. I reached out to family and friends of Lauren to share more about who she was. One person described her as kind and outgoing, but many were just learning the news and are devastated.
1: just want to know what details. Tell us what's going on. Are we
10: safe? Police are now urging people to not walk or hike alone and to be aware. We asked police if Lauren lived in the area and if they believed she was walking or hiking when she was killed, but police
2: haven't answered those questions. Her mother Lana said she was beautiful inside and out. She was super funny, just a sweet child. Her friendly demeanor kind of concerned her family because they were worried that Lauren was too trusting. But her mother said, we wouldn't trade that personality for anything because that's the person we loved. Her mother said she loved to exercise. She was walking and we know that she was happy. She went out that morning on a beautiful day and she does what she did every day. So one of Lauren's friends ended up calling in a welfare check for her after she didn't show up for work. At around 11am on April 29th, So that was the day after she went missing. A passerby made a 911 call to report an injured person. When police arrived, that person was actually deceased. On May 1st, the police announced that that person was Lauren. An autopsy determined that Lauren had been stabbed 15 times. The stab wounds were to her upper body and the deepest laceration was three inches deep. That shows a lot of anger and rage, I feel. Such an overkill and just even stabbing someone three inches deep would be a lot. Evidence and Lauren's personal belongings were found along a path running through a barbed wire fence to where she was found. She had defensive wounds and small abrasions that were likely from her running through barbed wire. Police have said that she fended off her attacker and attempted to escape before succumbing to her injuries. So police started collecting CCTV from different cameras near the trail. They could see Lauren starting her walk and she was followed minutes later by a person they identified as the suspect. Police said security cameras sparsely covered the trail itself. No one was observed following Lauren prior to entering this trail. So on the footage, they said that Lauren was walking at a relaxed pace before she leaves the camera's view. Second later, Seconds later, the same camera shows the suspect walking out from behind nearby brush and vegetation and sprinting in Lauren's direction. At the time, they released like a wanted poster and you can tell that the person is running. Their stride is quite long. Um, you know, they weren't shuffling or walking, they were really running to follow yeah. her. The suspect came back into the camera's view seconds later and began sprinting away from the scene before turning around and trying to scale a barbed wire fence. After they failed to do so, the suspect walked out of view to the west. Police said at the time that the attack on Lauren appeared to have been random and not targeted, and they said that the suspect was described as between five foot eight and six foot, wearing dark clothing and carrying a backpack. The Phoenix Police Lieutenant James Hester said, this vicious attack on Miss Lauren Heike is unconscionable. So pretty quickly after police released the CCTV of the suspect, they zeroed in on a man named Zion William Teasley, who was 22. He was identified as a suspect on surveillance footage by people who worked with him and others who knew him also so that he regularly carried a pocket knife, the size of which is consistent with the weapon that killed Lauren. On the morning of May 3, Zion had a scheduled meeting with his probation officer who told police that headphones in the photos looked like ones that Zion had. The probation officer also said the build and profile in the man, of the man in the video matched Zion. He was taken into custody on May 4th at 6.30 p.m. While he was being questioned by police, he said it was him in the CCTV but then he recanted saying it was uns- he was unsure. He told investigators that he grew up as Christian and was struggling with his sexuality. He also said that he was, quote, worried about the salvation of his soul due to his thoughts. He told police that he recognised Lauren from media reports and, quote, stated he wanted to look like her, which is very unusual. Yeah. Zion told police, though, he couldn't remember if he'd ever met Lauren in person. They asked him if he'd intended killing her. He said, I am definitely not the person who plans to kill another person. If I was going to do something like that, it wouldn't be premeditated. So when he was arrested, he was found to be in possession of a plane ticket to Detroit. The flight was scheduled to leave later on the day he was arrested, so it seems like he was planning to flee the area. Prosecutors confirmed in a court appearance that he lived near the the area where Lauren's remains were found. Zion had previous convictions and was out on probation at the time of Lauren's murder. He was convicted in 2021 of armed robbery with a deadly deadly weapon, robbery and disorderly conduct. He had also recently been fired from his job for being aggressive with female employees and was suspected of stealing. The killer
1: responsible for Lawrence's death is in custody.
5: That suspect, say officers, is Zion William Teasley. As documents and records reveal a glimpse into the 22-year-old's criminal past, including previous charges for robbery, kidnapping, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Those stemming from a string of seven thefts occurring repeatedly at two Circle K's between the dates of May 15th to July 4th of 2020. Documents say Teasley would often inform clerks that he was committing a robbery, jumping behind counters and directing them to put hundreds of dollars on Google Play cards. On one occasion, documents say Teasley pointed a gun at a clerk. He was arrested shortly after. Teasley pled guilty and after taking a plea deal served time from July 2021 until November 2022. In his pre-trial services court report, he was only given a two for his new criminal activity score. As questions remain, a community is mourning the death of a young life taken too soon.
1: The community can breathe easier knowing that this suspect will not be able to harm anyone else. But that does little to ease the pain for Lauren's family. This is not a time for celebration.
5: And police say Teasley was recently fired from his job, according to records that we have. Teasley uh, allegedly was uh, taking things from that store, they say, and also harassing female employees there, too. We reached out to that store and they declined to comment tonight. Teasley is currently being held on a $1 million cash bond.
2: River Hubble, who's a friend of Lauren, spoke to the media. He said that he had spoken to her on the morning of her death before her hike. The pair would ask each other you know, every day what they were grateful for that morning. River said, I had just asked what we were thankful for that day and she specifically said that she was thankful to be able to wake up another day being so positive to be able to go get a coffee and go on a walk. Lauren had been dating a man named Carlos Anderson for a few months prior to her death and he also spoke to the media. He said, you will never meet another girl like her. He said they had plans to meet on April 28th, which was the day that Lauren was murdered. He said, I texted her and said, hey, are you ready? I'm going to shower before I come up there. He was getting off work when he reached out, but he never got a response. He said, I went to the gym and nothing ever felt right there. It just felt like something was off. So the latest legal update in this case is from the end of May 2023. Zion's attorney entered a not guilty plea on his behalf. The county attorney said they are reviewing the case to determine if they will seek the death penalty and apparently his trial is scheduled for January 2024. I suspect with kind of how little has been out there publicly that it will um, probably not happen then, but mm-hmm. I guess time will tell. It's crazy that as a girl, a woman, you just
0: can never be too careful. Like You should be able to go out for a hike or run by yourself and not be afraid. But then you hear yeah. stories like this, and it's so easy to become a victim to someone who is just a criminal. Um, I I have you know the alert thing on my phone where if you push the button however many times it'll alert your emergency contacts and where you are. And like I have um, a Pixel watch also, but I want to be microchipped like a dog. I want. <laughs> Something to track me in in my
2: body, so people can always know where I am. Just hearing stories like this, and it's interesting that pretty much all three of these murders happened in broad daylight. Lawrence was absolutely the middle of the day. Uh, Rachel's was kind of six PM ish, so still, you know, it would have been light. Like none of these happened in the very, you know early hours of the morning where it was dark and there was no no one around. They all happened middle of the day. These men were so brazen and. It's just crazy. You know, you think you're doing all the right things by hiking trails, you know, where there'll be other people around. But I guess it just takes one bad egg to decide that that's not what you're doing. And it sucks because people like
0: that, like these brazen murderers, they know where to go. They go to like these trails and places that they know women or kids or whoever could be a victim is going to be.
2: Yeah, it's very sad. So I guess it's a good reminder to, you know, I, I I don't really know what any of these women could have done differently. Um, it seems like they were just overpowered by men who had weapons. But, you know, I guess it's always a reminder to pay attention to your surroundings, um, tell someone where you're going when you're going to be back just so at least those little things may be somewhat helpful in some cases. Yeah. I always, I have all. Oh. Sorts of
0: tracking stuff on my phone and all that. But then it's like, if this person, if they snatch you or something, they could just throw your phone out the window. You can only do so much, unfortunately. And you don't want to never leave your house and live in fear. But sometimes it's hard to be able to still go out and not be afraid.
2: It's just sad. Like, and all these women were, you know, prime of their lives. Rachel had children. The others, you know, we were educated it was just it's just sad that they were all cut down before they had the chance to live their lives
0: and all of these guys even though we don't know rachel's killer all basically had crimes before this or were just people known to be like gross creeps so it yeah. seems like there was a lot of red flags and still they were just out there
2: on the streets looking to murder So I feel like surely there has to be an arrest in Rachel's case soon. Um, I don't know. Like they've got the DNA, they've got profiles. I guess it just takes one more slip up or one more, um, unless someone's kind of hiding. They know that their son is responsible, for example, and they're just not coming forward.
0: Well, look how long Delphi took. (laughs) Kind of similar. All right, so that is it for this episode. And these cases, we'll have blogs on all of them. Hopefully this episode all comes out right with our technical difficulties and my internet being shit. <laughs> I literally even like I even paid my bill while we we're on the phone because it was like two days late. it's not late enough. Like I always pay it a little bit late. It's not late enough for them to be slowing down my service. And if it is, no. I hate. You wouldn't think so. I hate cable and internet companies are such a shitty monopoly. Anyways, <laughs> so follow us on Instagram. We will post updates there. Um, our Instagram handle is True Crime Society. If you want to follow us, mine is StephSum underscore is TCS Olivia. Check out our Patreon. We do all the episodes ad-free on there. They come out a little bit earlier, sometime the day before. We do some weekly bonus episodes talking about more current cases or different cases headlines just whatever we feel like um so that is fun plus the patreon community is also a nice place to chat with everyone if you're listening on spotify and all that leave us some nice comments some nice reviews share with your friends follow us on whatever platform you're listening on and all that and that's it stay safe out there everyone thank you for listening peace out
2: see ya